Learning how to hear the Lord's voice. Let's start right there. This exercise that we're going to go into, and it's not going to be tonight. This is what you're now doing is you're kind of unlocking a door. I don't want to mix too many metaphors, but you're unlocking a door. And you're just going to go into a, like a time with the Lord. Not tonight, but over the next several months, you might be surprised. It'll be a year. Who knows? It's just, we're just opening a conversation. We're just starting a conversation. So, Lachelle looks at me panicked the other night. She goes, I need some more words around this damn thing. I just can't quite get it. I just need some more words around it. So, I'm going to give you words about what God's showing me for me and some other possible translations for you. But here is the exercise. I want you to write down these three phrases. Number one is being willing to hear from God. The key word being willing. Being willing, bless you. Being willing to hear from God. Number two is... Hearing from God. First you're willing to hear from God. And then you actually hear from God. And believe it. And then the third thing is responding to God. So those are three different stages. And I don't know where you are. And I honestly don't think I care where you are. Because I know where God's got you. And He knows where He's got you. And that's all that matters. And LaShawn gave me a great reminder today. When she first came to what we call girl group... We'd already been meeting as a group for a year and a half, two years, how long, a year and a half, long time. And she came in right as we started the Neil Anderson um, Steps to Freedom. Is anybody familiar with that Bible study? As intense as you can get. She doesn't know hardly anybody, and she doesn't know histories, and we come straight in on that kind of intensity. And so I've coached the other members of the girl group, and we're talking about it's going to be hard, and let's just try to go there together, and we've got enough history, we can press into hard places. And Lachelle's eyes are like popping out of her head going, I don't know any of y'all people. You know, I'm... So I didn't know this until today, that she keeps these things from me, see, that the very first exercise is going to talk about forgiveness. And so she gets up very dutifully, faker, and she goes over to my dining room table, and she looks like she's journaling. But she tells me today that what she actually said is, I'm completely not ready to do any of this forgiveness business. And so she just sat there and just looked like she was doing <laughs> But what you don't realize is that what she did was the first step in the journey. Because here was the invitation. She checked her heart. And she goes, I'm not ready. That's the first step. Do you understand? So you're just trying to go. God's constantly, all the time, giving you invitations. It's like the merry-go-round. Don't worry. It'll keep coming back around. You miss the pony this time. There'll be an elephant in just a second. Okay? Don't worry about it. It's going to keep coming around. Because that's just how he is. Let's see how many metaphors we can put. I mean, word pictures in one night. I'm just going to keep rolling them out. Okay. So as you're going through this process... You're wanting to start with being willing to hear from God. Not you're listen, you're willing to listen to the devil 24/7. Amen. So we're trying to get you to be willing to hear from God, hearing from him and believing it, and then thirdly responding to what you actually hear. So, I think I told you this. Have I told this before about the damn thing? I'm just going to do this real quickly. If I'm please you, if I see blankness, I'll know that I haven't told you this already. I was standing on my deck, very frustrated, and I said to the Lord out loud, I'm spiritually constipated. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm spiritually constipated. It's like I'm all choked up and i got all this stuff coming in, but no place to go. What a graphic picture. You guys are going, you definitely have not told this part. <laughs> They're probably why, that was a reason why I hadn't told you that. <laughs> 
Okay, class dismissed. Okay, I'm glad. Okay. Okay. So I just got this real visual picture when I said that of a river, but a river that was dammed up. And I said out loud to him, "Yes, you're a river of life." Wait, no. You said, "I'm a river of life. I'm a river." And I'm damned up. And so I started this conversation that went on for about three or four days with the Lord. Because I kept getting this visual picture. So here's what the process specifically looked like for me. I'm out on the deck, lamenting, lament, lament, wine, wine, wine. But I'm at least throwing it in God's direction. You could start there. Instead of doing this puking, do this puking. You're going to get a whole lot more done. So I'm puking out all my frustrations and everything else. And then I get a picture So it's a picture that's pointing me toward God. So I grabbed that from God. Because let me tell you, if it's from the devil, he doesn't want you going anywhere in the direction of God. Do you understand? Everything is like this. How can I jerk her away from the presence of God? So when I got that damned picture, and immediately I'm starting all this scripture about river of life and living water and all this kind of stuff. And I started to remember all the scripture that God had showed me over the last several years. So then I got the picture of the dam. And then I had two peculiar memories that happened. One happened probably eight years ago, and one happened about four years ago. I received those from the Lord, right? Because I wasn't sitting there going, oh, I wonder. It just it came to my mind. So one memory was, too many words. Maybe it matters, since the Lord's brought it up again. You can do personality testing by using the Winnie the Pooh characters. Have you ever heard of this? And it's frightening. It's absolutely frightening and so we had a small group and we went around our small group this is the adult small group not girl group you can only imagine what jim halleck was megan anyway so we we did this in our small group talking about what our personality characters was you know beaver and rabbit and winnie the pooh and piglet and who else tigger christopher robin eeyore eeyore anyway so we got all this stuff so i was beaver and i didn't like that I didn't want to be Beaver, but I was Beaver. <laughs> Megan, can somebody come and escort Megan out? She's flipping me off back there. Anyway, um, I didn't want to be Beaver because I wanted to be some. Beaver's rude. Nobody likes Beaver, but Beaver gets a lot of stuff done. But he just pushes past people just to get his stuff done. And I'm just going, I don't. Okay, so I'm standing on my deck now. This is a couple weeks ago, and the Lord reminds me of that. And I'm going, there's that beaver story. That's random. Okay. And then I get another story that I'm in a season of prophetic prayer in John D's class. Don't freak out. There were no snakes. But what they did was they had people come in who have a real strong prayer gifting. And we would break up in groups. And they would just lay hands on us and pray. And they would say out loud what the Lord brought to their mind. It was a scripture. It was a picture. It was a whatever else. And never in my whole life in a season of prayer has somebody talked to me about beavers. But they're going, I see. And you're like thinking all these great godly things. And they go, I see a beaver. (laughs) And it's not a cute, cuddly beaver. It's a big, ferocious beaver. (laughs) With big teeth. I mean, she just kept going on. And I'm trying to go, is this holy? I'm not really sure. And she just kept going on and on. So, And she goes... So you're really tired, and the reason that you're really tired is because beavers are really ferocious. So it's okay that you're tired. So I thought, okay, here's God in here now, because that was something I had just said to the Lord. I'm so weary. So she said, you're really, they're ferocious animals. They're very territorial. 
and you're really fighting a beaver, and the Lord just wants you to know he knows you're tired, he sees your hard work, keep going. So I went, okay, I'll receive that. I actually have all that written down except for the big teeth part. <laughs> I have all that written down on a piece of paper. And so I have evidence that that's true. So, okay, now a couple of weeks ago, the Lord brings this back to mind. So I'm going, okay. And so then I asked the Lord, who has dammed up my river? I want to know who dammed up my river. And the Lord said in the middle of the night that night, he went, you did. You dammed up the river. And I kind of got freaked out about that. So then I ran away for two days and didn't talk to him because it freaked me out so bad. But I kept thinking about it and brewing on it and thinking about it and brewing on it. So now here two weeks later, here's the continued revelation because here's how God works. When he starts talking to you about something, you're going to start seeing it everywhere. Okay? So I have this encounter with God. I go meet this friend. This is Monday a week ago. I had the weirdest encounter with God. He kept talking about, damn, a river. She's like going, that's so weird. I've never heard anything like that. She goes out of town. I don't see her again. I see her on Monday, yesterday. She goes, you will never believe it. Remember the damn conversation? She goes, have you thought about that anymore? Yes, nonstop. She goes, when I went out of town, and I said, yeah. She goes, I went to this hotel, and it was called Beaver Ridge. And there's beavers everywhere. And there's all this information about dams. And she brings me back. This fuzzy little beaver. It's about this big. And I'm going, okay, I know this is not a coincidence. I know that God's trying to talk to me about this stuff. Then I go on a hike with my family on Sunday. And we hike to Abram's Fall, which is not an easy, um, leisurely, the guidebook lied. They said it was a broad, easy trail. It's not, especially with a six-year-old, you know. So we get up there, and I'm looking at the falls, and it's glorious, and it's beautiful. And you can go up on the top of the falls and look down at the river. So we rock climb up there. We go look, do that. And the, I look down, and the river splits. And this river is just gushing, great guns. And this river is damned. Do you think God's trying to get my attention? I think he's got something for us. Yes. Yeah, he was kind of cute. Like, my child's uh, vocabulary words today, she's first grade for heaven's sakes. Beaver. You're going, okay, beaver. Got it, beaver. Got it, beaver. So, I just want to give you some insights over these last two weeks that God's kind of taken me through, and then I'm going to tell you why on earth this matters for you. Is that God has already determined who we are. We're the ones that's still arguing about it. Let me say that again. God has already determined who we are. We are the ones that's still arguing about it. Um, I don't know if I can actually... Let me see if I can read this sentence. And I may not need to read this sentence. Let me just see. Uh, this guy, I think I mentioned he's been, he had been a pastor for 21 years, a Christian and a pastor for 21 years. He got saved. It took him 21 years to realize, oh my goodness, look how God has been seeing me for 21 years and I'm the one that's been bogged down in this flesh conflict, continually trying to make myself new and losing. The losing ceased when I stopped trying to become who I wanted to be and I saw 
who I already was. The way that you do that is kind of like what we were talking about last week, is that when you are the center of the universe, like the sun, everything revolves around me. When you're the center of the universe, you are constantly worrying about what do I look like? What do I sound like? How am I doing? It's totally performance-based because you think you're the epicenter of the whole world and everything is functioning around you. It's a lot of pressure. Are you all tired yet? I mean, it's exhausting. And you know that if you've lived any amount of time in that. But when you have that God is the center of the universe and by Him, through Him, we move and have our being. He is the center. He is the point. And we simply are in His great galaxy of moving according to His will. I know that you know this about the planet Earth. If you've not ever seen this DVD, The Privileged Planet, the most phenomenal thing I've ever seen. That if the earth was tilted this way, it would be frozen. If it was tilted this way, it would be burning up. It's like God has positioned the earth perfectly. He's so precise. And so to think that God would spend that much time to position the earth just precisely, so precisely, and then act like we don't matter, and that we're insignificant, and He has no idea what's going on with our life, is ludicrous. It's ludicrous. So when God becomes the center point and you become part of His greater picture, it changes everything because now God is the reference. God is the center point. God is the one that determines everything. And then the pressure is off of you because now you move and live according to His being. Is everybody still tracking with me? Did you have a question? Okay. So we're trying to just change the point of reference. We're trying to figure out who we really are. And the damn process, and what we're going to do here in a few minutes is not going and digging up bones And we're not going back, hearkening back to the past and trying to grunt out some kind of trauma. Because we're not. I mean, somebody said, I had a great upbringing. My mom and dad did great. They did great. I'm still screwed up, but they did great. Okay? I don't want you to fabricate something. I don't want you to fake something. I want you just to have, be willing to hear from God, hear from God, then respond to God. And I think that you might find this damn process is a whole lot like playing pickup sticks. Right? Except that we're not trying to be so fragile about the dam because what happens is, is you start pulling pieces and then it starts breaking away, starts giving way. Now, I had one friend, and I'm going to just throw this out here for whoever the Lord may have this for. A dam in the right river at the right season can be very beneficial. A beaver dams up a river so that he can eat and raise his young or she or they. They have their, what's their family unit? Whatever their family unit is. It's not a flock. I mean, they're a little herd. So he dams up the river. He works. He cuts down all these trees. He strips some of their bark. He eats the inside of the tree like the sap and that kind of stuff. That's food for him. Then he takes the debris and he builds a dam. And this whole deep area here starts growing things that he and his young and his wife can eat off of through the winter, through the summer, that kind of stuff. You may be in a season that your river is damned because you're creating life, you're resting, there's just a stillness. Okay? Listen and ask the Lord, what season are you in? I don't know. I can only tell you for me that God is going, I want that water flowing. I want that living water out. That's my story. Ask Him what your story is. Y'all track with me so far? Now, over the next couple of weeks, we may do something silly and fun or whatever. But what I want to start with tonight is an exercise that was really helpful. Oh, yeah. Here's my two examples. Do I do that yet? Okay. Uh, They were asking the other night about what does this look like. Oh, yeah. 
This is another thing that's really interesting. This is a God thing. Um, it was Amanda, I loved it. We're, we can all be so overachievers, so performance-driven. Just tell me which piece of wood. Let me, we're going to blow up that dam. How are we going to do that? All right, let's get busy. It's not what's happening. You're a river. The water's in the riverbed, right? The water's been dammed up, and we're going to let the Lord dislodge. You don't have to work this up. You don't have to fake it up. You don't have to do anything. You're just participating. And when something starts giving, you just push. And you just let the water just take it where it's trying to go. This is a God work. It's not a flesh work. And another thing that somebody asked me just randomly, this whole stuff about beavers, crazy, is beavers have to chew down trees to make dams. And they said, what trees, good, sturdy trees, have you chewed down in your own life? What good, righteous, good things have you had in your life that you consciously chewed down and has now got you damned up? I think that's a very interesting question. Are you all tracking with me what it means? Because I can see how I've taken good, sturdy trees and I've chewed them down out of anger or out of spite or out of stupidity or whatever. And when the tree fell, and then I start using it to dam myself up, dam up the water. So let's not get too heady on this. Uh, This is a conversation over time. The goal of this whole exercise, let me be really clear about this. Does anybody want to guess what the goal is? Right. We're not looking for gold stars. We're not trying to dig up crap. We're looking for freedom and intimacy. That's the goal. That's the goal of the whole class. But that's the goal of this exercise. Freedom and intimacy. So the places that you get scared, okay, that's a place that you think you're going to go into this journey by yourself. Because God's already there. He's on this side of the dam. He's in the dam. He's in the water. He's he's like, He's the center of the universe. So just be mindful that those places that you're afraid, the Lord's just trying to invite you to another deeper level of intimacy with Him. Okay, and I'm going to wait on that stuff. So here's what I'm going to do is um, some of you may have already seen this. Um, I want to hand out, this is two pages, and maybe this is going to be easier than I thought it was. Oh, actually it's three pages. Let's separate this out. Um, There is the first, the first word is acceptance. Oh, here it is. You're going to get two pages, and they're front back. And I have an exercise that we're going to do after this, but I wanted to take a few minutes to try to get on common ground with definitions. So let me give you a few minutes to do that. This is a good time to get snacks, refills. Thanks for bringing snacks, by the way. Somebody wants to grab something to eat real quick, you can.
Okay, has everybody got one? Has everybody got one in the back? Melanie, have you got one yet? Those pages? Where's the pages? You guys got some left? No, okay. Are you still working it? Okay, still making its way over. Okay. Are all the pages around now? You saw got. Come on, girls. Pass them, pass them, pass them. Are those extras? Okay, thanks. Does everybody got a pen? You're going to have to have a pen. try to go through this as much as we can because I really want to give you time to try to get through this. I'm only giving you this much detail so that you don't get scraped off the ceiling and then go home by yourself. That's the only reason I'm doing this. Okay? Because when I got it, I got straight up to the ceiling and I had to go home by myself. So I'm trying to not do to you what happened for me. So what we're going to go through are things that we're going to evaluate how things were for you in real life from age, say, 17, 20 to birth. So birth to age 17 or 20. We're not talking about things. Has everybody got one? Have you got extras? Everybody got one? Back row, everybody got one? You got one? Okay. Um, these are typical, normal things. Thank you. These are, the reason I'm going through this in such detail is you're going to have a chance to, to evaluate what really happened for you. But the reason I'm going through this is so that you'll have a standard, a point, just like how we talked about sexual intimacy. You want to have a goal of what you're trying to shoot for as you have children and relationships and that kind of stuff. Okay? So in a minute, you're going to evaluate what happened for you. But the reason we're doing this now first is so you can see what the goal is in the future. You all tracking with me? Okay, let's get this real quick. Acceptance, the state of being accepted. Look at the number three, favorable reception. A belief in you. This is acceptance in you as a person. 
And then there's scripture there. Though my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will receive me. That's our promise from him. Affection. Tender feeling toward one another. Fondness. And then look at the where it says Isaiah 41. <clears throat> Do not be dismayed. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I just see God just like giving us his hand. Like how you hold a child's hand crossing the street. Appreciation. This is a big one. Look in... Um, Look at number one, recognition of the quality, value, significance, or magnitude of people, not things, people. That there is an appreciation of who you are, how God made you, what He's up to in your life. Uh, And then look at verse um, Psalm 139. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Having that spoken over you your whole life. Um, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Approval. This is not approval like approval that you work for. Like, you know, i got to make Mama happy, i got to make Daddy happy, or I'm going to get in trouble. This is approval like approved, like blessing, that you're blessed. It's an act, um, favorable regard. You are approved. It's a commendation. And I just really, when I was going through the Scripture for this, you can't get a better sense of blessing than God's blessing to us through Father Abraham. I will bless you. I'll make uh, bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That's our covenant blessing with God. Attention. This is very interesting. Not being just taken care of, but attention. Um, Look at number three. Observant consideration. Notice. Consideration or courtesy. Attention to others' feelings. That someone paid attention to your feelings. Lord, you searched me and you know me. Comfort. To soothe in time of affliction or distress. Um, I love this. Uh, Two, solace in time of grief or fear. I want to stop here just real quick uh, and just relay an example that was given to me. It really blew my head because it was just crazy. A child is on the playground and a train goes by and it's really loud and they start screaming because they've never heard that and they run to mama because they're scared. They've never heard that before. They run to mama. What do they want from mama in that moment? They want comfort. So, you hope that what's going to happen is Mama goes, they go running to Mama, and Mama goes, wow, that was really loud. Come here, let me hold you. Yeah, that scared me too. Yeah, it's okay. Are you feeling all right now? Yeah, Mama's right here. Do you want to go play again? The train has passed now. Okay, good. Okay, go play. Have a good time. That's comfort. That's a sense of, I identify with your fear, whether it's grounded or founded or not, right? I validated, yes, you were afraid. It's okay that you were afraid. I receive you. I comfort you. I encourage you. And I release you. Do you get that whole thing right there? But how many times have I, how many times have we had happen to us, or do we go, what are you crying about, you big baby? Can't you see you interrupted me? Go back and play. It's just go on. Do you see all the places that got missed in that child? Because that child, now you do that enough to a child, you have someone do that to us enough times. We're going, it's not okay to be afraid because there's not anybody that cares. It's not okay to go to somebody else because they're going to make fun of me and invalidate me, right? And then I'm going to get fussed at for the fact that I'm afraid and I don't know what to do. So I'm going to come over here and the next time I get afraid, you keep doing that pattern enough, the next time I'm afraid... I'm just going to keep it to myself. And I'm not going to say anything else. And I'm just going to keep going internal, internal, internal. Do you get the picture? So this comfort thing is huge, huge, huge. Solace in time of grief or fear. Help, assistance. 
and there's nothing better than blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted. That's our promise uh, from Jesus. Encouragement is so hilarious. They give you all these, the act of encouraging, the state of being encouraged, one that encourages. So screw that. Here's what it means to encourage someone. To inspire with hope. To give courage, to courage and confidence, to hearten, to stimulate, to spur. When you encourage someone, I love that. Burning the field to encourage new plant growth. Is God amazing or what? Let us consider how we can spur one another on. Um, Let's see, the next page, let me make sure i got the same page you've got. Respect, is that the next page you've got? Okay, this is huge. I had to sit on this one for a while. To feel or show deferential regard, esteem, uh, to refer to, a feeling of appreciative, esteem. It keeps coming back to esteem. Being regarded with honor and esteem. Um, and then I love this, Isaiah 43. Since you're precious and honored in my sight, I'll give it me in exchange for you because I love you. That's respect. I value who you are. Uh, just tons of scripture. Then security also. Security is safety, a sense of I'm at, I am, I am safe in this place. And if you look at the definitions, freedom from risk or danger, freedom from doubt, anxiety, or fear, confidence. There's that confidence word. Something that gives or assures safety. Now, look at this one right here. It just cracked me up. A document indicating ownership or creditorship. Reckon that it means anything at all. The scripture that says, you have been bought with a price. That's your certificate of ownership. Not yours, God's. He owns you, so your security in Him is settled. It's done. Um, And I love the scripture that says, um, fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. He is our safety. Not that He makes us feel safe necessarily, but He is safety like He is love. And then support, to carry, to bear the weight of. Number four, to keep from weakening. Did I miss a page? No. To keep from weakening or failing, to strengthen. Um, I think that's why so many of us have a hard time showing weakness. We have to have it all together. We're the overachievers. We have to have everything okay. Because any sign of weakness, any sign of not having everything all together is considered a flaw. It's unacceptable. But in the Christian world and in God's world, we are meant to support and help each other along the way. There was never supposed to be this isolated, I can do it all. That lie several years ago about the Wonder Woman, she can do it all, that was BS then, it's BS now. It's always been BS. It started in the garden. I can do everything and I don't need God. It didn't work for Eve, it's not going to work for us. God made us to need each other. Look at Psalm 28. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Uh, what a promise. So those of us who look at this and go, I don't have anybody to support me. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You always have. He's your shepherd and he's always been there to carry you. So you don't, you don't need, you're not lacking these things. Hear me now. You're not lacking these things now. What you're lacking of is the awareness of just how much Jesus gives you every one of these things. So this is a great thing for you to go over time. I'd love if you'd read back through this and see where you automatically have a ting, ting, ting. This is how you start hearing from God. When you read through this and you go, (gasps) or you have that clenching feeling, or you have that, that's God trying to talk to you. He's putting his finger on the heartbeat of what's going on. You're going, right there, Jenna, that emotional reaction, right there. Let's talk about that right there. I want to heal you of that. 
Because remember, the goal is freedom and intimacy. You don't ever have to worry about going through stuff like this with God and going, you're so stupid, Jen, I can't believe you. Come on. He's never going to slap your hand. He already knows who you are. He already knows who you're becoming. He already sees the rest of the stories. He's trying to undam your river so that you keep walking in freedom and intimacy. Okay, this was the easy part. Any questions about this?